Hello, friends. I'm in Colorado, Denver, Colorado. For the second week in a row, although I did disappear for a long weekend to go to Florida for Tom Wood's 2000th episode. Hello again to everyone I got to see there. It was quite a special opportunity because, as you know, I've been traveling for the last year. So there's people that I met all over the country that came. And it was very heartwarming to get this because, you know, in my position, I never see, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to see anyone ever again when I get to see them at one of these events. So that makes it very precious to see people. And what made the night for me, at least, won't give any spoilers away for anyone who wasn't there, but during the speeches, many of the talk talkers roasted a bunch of libertarians and uh, I got an honourable roast. I was, yes, I was mentioned on the stage. I've made history. My life is complete. Um, I was in some small way included in the broadcasting of the 2000th episode. So I was stoked about that. Um, Okay, so here's an interesting episode. This is episode 195. The reason why I recorded it is these are some things that I've been talking about for a while um, privately. And I thought, well, if I'm going to share this story, I might as well just share it with everyone on the podcast because... So I was I was with my friend Daniel from the Agorist Nexus podcast. You might know him on Twitter as Dagorist. And I was going to tell him this story about the MD, the pediatrician, Paul Thomas. I think in the podcast I called him Paul Thompson. So the study, if you want to look it up, is Paul Thomas and James Leon's Wheeler. And you can look it up. This is just a starting point for a conversation on this stuff. Um, I think it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think on the stuff that I am discussing. But here's just some of the things that I learned, obviously pushed on by this stuff with everyone needs to get the vaccine. Like, you know, even people with natural immunity like me, even people who are in an age group where they're not likely to get any complications from COVID and they might get complications from the vaccine, etc., etc., etc. doesn't matter. In fact, I'll tell you something. I just spoke to a friend of mine today who's who works on movie sets and she told me that, first of all, they were sent home because one of the producers... Um, was came into contact with someone who had COVID, so they could couldn't work. But more than that, she said one of the actresses almost got through unvaccinated, and if she'd come through, the whole design team would have had to go home for two weeks. Not because they were exposed to someone who had COVID, right? Just because they were exposed to someone who was unvaccinated. According to the policy of that company the design crew would have had to go on for two weeks. Sadly, this person is a true believer and blamed on the vaccinated actress rather than the company's crazy policy. In any case, that's just an aside. Obviously, this COVID craziness has led some of us to have a little bit of a look into the vaccine issues 
And here's some of the stuff that I learned that I think, I believe I can substantiate, which is provable. It's either true or false. You can do a quick search and find out for yourself if anything I've said is true or if I've made a mistake anywhere. This is information that's in the public domain, in the public record. So I've not said anything woo-woo or that you would require an active imagination to believe in. So here's this, here's, here's me speaking to Daggerist. Right, so what happened to the paediatrician, I think his name was Paul Thompson, was that, um, okay, so he was running a clinic in Portland, Oregon, and he noticed that the guidelines, either, I don't know if it was the FDA or the EPA, their guidelines for how much aluminum you should have in your body would be exceeded if they gave the kids the normal CDC vaccine schedule, right? So basically he was like, okay, well let's space the vac let's give the parents the options of spacing out the vaccines more so that the half-life of the aluminum in the vaccines isn't so is given enough time to get out of their system that they'll never be exceeding the guidelines on how much um, aluminum they should have. So he created this book um, on uh, about it, about his old uh, um, alternative vaccine schedule, and he'd just give the parents informed consent. If they wanted the CDC schedule, he'd give them that. If they wanted his schedule, he'd give them that. Um, and if they wanted no vaccines at all, he'd give them that. So the medical board in Oregon fucking hated this, and they kept on coming in and hassling him, like, about the fact that he was giving parents the option not to follow the CDC schedule, and this went on for a couple of years. And then finally they came in and they said, right, you need to pr prove that your vaccine schedule's as safe as the CDC's vaccine schedule. This was like, um, okay. Um, but obviously what they expected him to do was go, I can't do that, sorry, and then, it went, then they'd be able to go, well then you'll have to just give everyone the CDC schedule. So, so, instead he like contacted this guy called James, Le James Leons Wheeler, who's like an expert on designing studies, and is like, a peer reviewer, and what he actually does is, he helps people improve their studies to make them more, a bit more reliable. Okay. He, he's there to, he'll go and say, oh no, this isn't the best way to, okay. this isn't the best way to collect data. A pre-peer review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you do it this way instead, it'll be more reliable. Gotcha. So he, he'll go and, exactly, a pre-review a pre sort of thing. So he'll say, right, what is the best study you could possibly do? What's the best study you could, you could possibly do to try and prove or disprove what you're trying to prove or disprove? And if we can't do that, what's the second best? And if we can't do that, what's the third best? So he'll, he'll try and help people improve studies. So he got in touch with this guy and got him to collect the data that he'd recorded from all of his patients. And... Um, and present that to the medical board. Okay. 
was like the um, yeah, you know what? I did hear something about this, and it ended up being like the biggest like study of its kind. Where yeah, they took kids who either weren't vaccinated or vaccinated on a different schedule, and yeah, they found like instances of like all these chronic health things, like way less right. or nil or something like that effect. Yeah. So here's the scary thing about it: the data is so good because it's not just vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They've got every single child and how many shots they received. So so he was able to plot the numbers of shots that they'd had against all of these conditions. Like, there's already been about... uh, Okay, there's at least four studies that I've heard of previous to this that linked vaccines to asthma, for example. Mm -hmm. But then if you go on... um, an official site they'll say vaccines do not cause asthma and they'll link to this one study which you know which says that vaccines don't cause asthma but they just ignore the fact that a bunch of other studies exist that have said the opposite right so someone came along and said we don't like the fact that people have produced a few studies um linking vaccines to asthma so what we're going to do is we're going to run a new study and we're going to get the result we want which is that they don't and then then everyone can just point to that study and what this Jason Jason Leon's Wheeler guy says is the the CDC will like run a study and they'll like um they'll they'll analyze the data in a bunch of ways like ten different ways twenty different ways and they'll take the they'll they'll take the analysis that gives them the result that's favorable to them. So what they do is they they, they analyze the data as many ways as possible and then they just cherry pick. Because there's lots of different ways to analyze data. So anyway, the thing is, however you take the data from this study, which was in excess of 4,000 kids, which is considerable for a study of this kind. Yeah. Um, whatever way you run the numbers, you come up with these kids have more chronic illnesses. They've got more ADHD. They've got more... Um, well, there's a bunch... I, I can't remember offhand people can look it up if they're interested in hearing more so so this is but, but, but the key thing is Congress asked the CDC to run a study comparing um, vaccinated to unvaccinated populations their overall health outcomes they told the CDC to do it in the early 80s and they've not done it and tons of people have said the CDC should run this study and the CDC refused to do it. Now there's a, approximately 800,000, there's over 800,000 unvaccinated people in the USA. Less than 1% but that's enough that you could you could take lot, you could take a lot of people and compare their rates of chronic illness or their overall health outcomes. So basically the more kids were vaccinated the more they had to visit the doctor in the course of their lives mm-hmm. for all sorts of things. Um, and that was one way that they measured it, like how many times did the ki- the parents take the kids in. So so the thing is, we're like everyone's like uh, if you've got anything negative to say about vaccines, what do they love to say? Oh, you're anti-science. It's the CDC that refuses to do the study comparing the health outcomes of vaccinated to unvaccinated populations. So, it's the CDC who are anti-science. 
because why don't they just fucking run the study? Why don't they just run the study and go, look, the health outcomes of vaccinated populations are much better than unvaccinated populations. We've proven it because we did a large-scale study. They refused to do the study because the, the CDC and the NIH and the FDA um, all have patents and vaccines. And all of their major funders also have patents and vaccines. All of their sort of... So with how good a liars they are, you'd think they'd just come out with a fake study. You know, or a biased yeah. one. It wouldn't be that hard for them to achieve, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing is, people can always go back to studies and... So, your, pe- your pediatrician doctor, did something happen to him? Did he get, like, dis- yeah, yeah. disdoctored? Or as soon as this, they call it? So, so th- that's the interesting thing. Thanks for reminding me of that. The um, yeah, basically, as soon as he released the study, they found some excuse to take his license away, uh, which is illegal. So, um, obviously, it wasn't to do. They didn't say, "Well, because you've produced this study, which, by the way, we asked you to do." Sure. Uh, we're <laughs> taking your license away. Like, they they found some bullshit pretexts. But then he went, he got his lawyers and he, he basically um, came to a compromise with them where they said, well, um, okay, well, we'll let you continue to practice on the provision that you don't do these things like administer vaccines. And, blah. and they went, okay, until, our, until his court case where, you know, we'll see what happens, that's going to be next year. Because otherwise, and the thing is, he works with, like, drug addicts and all sorts of things, and he does a lot of good work. So they were basically not help, not allowing him to help people mm-hmm. that were quite desperate. So it's, the thing is, the message they're sending out is, don't fuck with the narrative on vaccines, because if anyone does that, then we'll fuck you, you know, we won't let you practice medicine. And that's it, that's the end of your career. So, I mean, you couldn't make this shit up. The only reason why they get away with it is no one, no one looks into this stuff. They just, they've been programmed to go, oh, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. Well, it's also like what you just said, like, you know, if people do look into it, look what happens to them. Exactly. You know, Especially so, in a position of yeah, when somebody says like, oh, well, all the scientists and doctors agree of whatever, and it's like, they don't really have much say in what they agree in, to be honest. Yeah, it's you know, like, research, if they want to keep their job. <laughs> well, look, they say, well, all, you know, all of them, you know, knowledgeists agree that blah, blah. Guess what? You're not going to get fucking qualified as an immunologist if you don't agree with this. Right. You're not right. going to qualify in the first place. And then once you are an immunologist, you've gone through fucking med school, you've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars of debt. Now you're really incentivized now you're to really incentivized stick to the program. <laughs> okay. And then if you do start reading the studies and stuff like that, they blackball you. They find a way. They find a way to remove your license and send you into the wilderness. And this is the second study of this kind that's come out in the last four or five years. So this shit is absolutely cutting edge. People think that this stuff's been going, like this debate's closed or it's old fashioned. We're actually in the cutting edge of the vaccine, our vaccine safe and effective debate right now, because um, the other study that came out in 2017 by Anthony Mawson, also linked um, vaccines to 
more cases of chronic illnesses and said, well, you know, if you put polio vaccine vaccinated, well, you're less likely to get polio. That's true. But you're more likely to get this other stuff. You know, if you're whooping cough vaccinated or whatever, it's, you're less likely to have whooping cough, but you're more likely to have these other illnesses. It was an interesting point when you think, like, this one... Okay, so let's say before COVID, right? right. It was like... Let's say 98, 95% of people were like pro-vax. If you were anti-vax, you were just crazy or whatever, really off base. But I really feel like now, after this sudden big push for everybody vaccinated, I think it's going to it's gonna make a lot more people question vaccines overall than did just a couple years ago. Do you agree? Well, we live in hope because we're sort of in this um, situation where... Look, Fine, I just want people to have access to the information mm -hmm. and make their own decision. Like, that's what Paul Thompson, I, uh, I, I think that's his surname, it might be something else. That's what he was doing, he was just giving those patients all the information and like, job. letting them <laughs> decide. So, why do you need to take stuff down from YouTube and take it down from Facebook, right? Why do you have to blackball people? Let's just give people access to the information and let them decide. Like, I'm not saying anyone should believe what I'm saying because they listen to this podcast. Do your own research and fucking find out whether what I'm saying is true or not. I, I mean, I could have missed something. I'll give you a case in point the other day, uh, something that happened the other day. But first, here's another example of the CDC being anti-science, so to speak. They don't do any studies on synergistic reactions between different vaccines. So they're testing them on a one-to-one -one basis. Even the safety tests are not the same as with other medications because other medications are tested against a placebo, whereas the vast majority or maybe all vaccines are not tested against a placebo. They, they, they give people the adjuvants in the control group without the virus or whatever and they use that as, well that's not a fucking placebo because it might be the adjuvants that are making people sick maybe it's not the fucking virus that's making people sick maybe it's the formaldehyde and um, the aluminum and the the sometimes you know cells from aborted fetus or egg or whatever the live medium is that they use maybe it's that stuff that's making people sick so it's not a proper it's not a proper placebo test so why don't you fucking run... Well, there's, there is a reason why they don't use a saline solution. A saline solution would be a placebo. But then they go, well, the thing is, you know, if they don't get... Most people get flushed or, you know, they get a little bit of a fever or something like that after a vaccine. So if we just give them a saline solution, then they'll say... Then they'll know. They'll know they're in the control group. That's their rationale. I think it's pretty threadbare. Well, it's, you know, it's my issue with, you know, like, vaccines all around. I don't want to say, like, I'm anti-vax or anything, but what makes me suspicious is, you know, like you alluded to before, you get blackballed or taken down if you say anything against it. You get bullied into taking them if you're a parent. You, you can't, you can't sue. Like, I don't trust any product I'm There's not allowed to sue. There's a good point. You know what I mean? There's like, good, why it, all this if they were so good and effective? Especially with this drive you mentioned of, like, everyone has to get vaccined, even if, like me, you've already had the coronavirus it doesn't matter if you're in an age group that's not at risk you know it's all fucking downside if you're 21 years old and you just want to go for a, to the bar for a pint like um, we already know that they, they, they admit that it's not going to stop transmission so 
it's like this drive every it's like it's nefarious it's like it makes them look like why are they so fucking obsessed with everyone getting vaccinated even people who don't need it it looks like it's just a case of like you know when you're at school and there's this one really annoying kid in class that's maybe a little bit retarded or something like that and he's always disrupting the class and you're like why doesn't the teacher just fucking chuck that kid out of the class he's so annoying right but they treat him differently and they they don't punish him as strictly because he's not quite all there so they give him lenient behavior i think they see us as the kid that's like disrupting the class and like why don't you just fucking do what the teacher says the teacher says get vaccinated so just fucking get vaccinated right just do what you're told like i feel like that's the way they look at us Mm -hmm. you know well even before the vaccine thing was an issue just when the COVID thing they were using the exact same language with like lockdown i saw people make that connection like these people who aren't staying home or like the the kids in class who won't stop talking and the teacher says we won't get recess until you calm down and you're like just shut up and listen to the teacher and i'm like wow you guys aren't even hiding that that's how you Mm. see this we've got our authority figures up above Mm. who determine whether or not we're allowed to go outside for recess you know, and if we just comply, you know, and I'm like, wow, public school has really been effective. <laughs> right. So that's like um, the example I said I was going to, right. See if someone, see if I post something on Facebook or whatever and someone debunks uh, I, um, I'll take it down because I don't want to put out wrong information. Uh, and uh, like, and I'll never make that point again. If someone debunks an argument that I've made, I will never make that argument to someone ever again because it's, it would be humiliating for me to say something I couldn't substantiate. So, case in point, um, I posted that the one I can't really remember the exact fact that one of the medical authorities took the the thimerosal thimerosal out of vaccines because they admitted that it caused brain damage and um, someone asked me for a source on that and I I realised I'd quoted someone else but I couldn't actually find a source well someone said the source is in uh, RFK's book Thimerosal but I wasn't going to buy the book just to get them an academic source so um, I took it down because I couldn't it might be true because people are saying that they changed their story like Jeremy Hammond says they, they changed their story now they now they say we just removed it out of an abundance of caution like we just removed it just in case because people were worried about it so it was an abundance of caution whereas he says at the time they admitted there was two, that when you combine the number of shots kids were getting it was going to levels where you wouldn't want it that might be true but I can't prove it, so I don't want to say it. So the point is, anything I say on the podcast, someone can come and say, oh, Anthony, you got that wrong, and that's maybe why I've not done this podcast yet. And I will issue a correction. But I just wish that people would not, like, fucking dismiss things out of hand without... Like, I sent this information to someone, and they sent me an email back going, oh, my God, you're anti-vax? I'm like, you didn't debunk a single freaking claim that I made in the whole email. Like, that's just a brain-dead thing to mm-hmm. say. My buddy, Stefan Kinsella, he's got a very, like, roll-his-eyes view towards anyone who's sceptical of vaccines or anything like that. And, like, I mean, I said, we, we've not talked about it much, but when we did talk about it, I was like, well, you've not done any research on it. And he went, correct. You know, he, he, he freely admitted that. But he's like, but, you know, these libertarians, like, when did they all become expert epidemiologists? Like, 
I, I trust my doctor more than I trust... This is just what Stefan said. Sure. You know, I trust my doctor more than I trust these random libertarians. But, but I've also seen the way that they treat him on Facebook when he says anything about the regime or, like, you know, come on, guys, you went to fucking pork fest unvaccinated and you got coronavirus. Boo-hoo-hoo. Maybe you should have got vaccinated. I totally understand that. And I see the way that people with a different view treat him on Facebook would push him more in that direction for sure it would push him more in that direction of being more stubborn like so if you're going to talk about this stuff please don't be like a belligerent idiot to people because um, you're just pushing them away but anyway my point is like anyone who speaks about this with any authority and collects their facts before speaking about uh, probably got their information from doctors I mean like that guy who freaking designed studies that's been humiliating for the establishment because the establishment has used him to help for their the, studies for <laughs> studies at various times you know to so they can't call him a quack yeah they can't call him a quack because <laughs> he's made his whole career out of improving other people's studies right but I mean they're still making a pretty good effort to blackball him now and then this, the second thing is you're not going to become a doctor if you don't agree with this stuff. Like, you're not going to become a doctor if you don't... Like, doctors don't really know anything about health. Like, they only know about treating disease with pharmaceuticals and surgery. They're not trained to know about health. Just repeating info. Surgeons cut because they're trained to cut. Mm -hmm. Most of the textbooks are written by pharma, and all the education doctors get is the from pharma so you know you come to a hotel and they're going to put on a little convention and teach you about the new medications and you're going well why you know why the fuck shouldn't I get a free weekend at a hotel with a nice pool and spa I work fucking 60-70 hours a week I'm entitled to a break I've got a discerning mind I know when I'm being propagandised or not I can go and uh, go to a presentation by a pharmaceutical company and not be propagandised into prescribing their drugs and everyone believes they're very critical thinking but the data says that after doctors go to these events they tend to prescribe the drugs that they were educated about at those events more yeah right so it's like you're not going to qualify as a doctor unless you accept the official line on these things like that's just not how getting qualified as a doctor works You'd think, given that officially they admit that 70% of disease is lifestyle-related, that 70% of their education should go into lifestyle, right? And the other 30% we can deal with with drugs and surgery. In fact, it's probably actually a lot more than that. It's probably like 95, 99% of illnesses lifestyle-related. Probably relatively accurate. Sorry if I grant. Have you got anything to add? Because I've been grandstanding. No, well, I was just gonna agree with you on a couple things. Uh, one, yeah, like one thing that gets me when people are like, they say like, um, well, this meme I've seen. They say, oh, pro-vax research, and it's a scientist in a lab with an Erlenmeyer flask, and it says anti-vax research, and it's someone sitting on the toilet with their smartphone. And I'm like, well, your pro-vax research is just the same because you didn't go to a lab with an Erlenmeyer flask and yeah. do this. And neither did the doctors who say all this stuff. They took a four-hour class about vaccines, right. you know? So, and then on the other thing, like, I have doctors, and I've found doctors that I like over the years, and they have not recommended vaccines to me. I've had one, hey, do you want a flu shot? I said no, and they go, okay, good, you don't need it. My cardiologist has said all this the is basically shots. nonsense. 
and she does not care about if I get a shot. She's ready for all this shit to be over. So, you know, there are plenty of, like, there's no just consensus, like people like to claim, you know, like my doctor, who I love and trust, has no desire for me to get this thing. So, I don't know, man. It's, you know, just these, these whole times are weird. You know, I was never just because I've sort of been out of the age of having to get vaccines, you know, like I've been doing a little bit of research the last couple of years, mostly listening to uh, Jeremy R. Hammond, who's mm, great. He's good. Um, but until the COVID thing, He wrote thing, the book on the pediatrician. He wrote a book exposing the story of the pediatrician. That was probably where I heard that right. story originally was from him because I like, I like to catch his stuff. But, um, but yeah, until the COVID one's been like an issue, it hasn't really been... On your radar. Yeah, I mean, not much. I mean, yeah, it's a thing. But, you know, whenever I had a friend who was like, yeah, we're not going to vaccinate our kids, I was always kind of like, cool. Mm. <laughs> you know? I guess. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Maybe you should vaccinate them. I don't know. But I'm really starting to fall in like, your camp where it's like, oh, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot well, here. You know? what, what bothers me, you, you said this, like, pro-vax people do their research the same way. They've not gone with a conical flask. They're, they're just going on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I find that most of those people haven't done any research. You're period, right. Period. You're right, yeah. They're basic cases well the institutes of medicine yeah. say that vaccines are good and they're credible the thing is for me, I'm, I'm, not sorry, textbook I'm sorry to say the harder you look the more the more scandal you'll find like I remember some years ago my brother-in-law sent us an email around like look at the look at this because of these idiot anti-vaxxers and it was some news story that there had been breakouts new breakouts of polio right and he's like this is because of anti-vaxxers of course now if you go on if you if you look properly you'll find plenty of articles even mainstream sources abc news have did a series of articles saying that these polio outbreaks were all in they're uh, all in vaccinated populations. The the polio ones. Yeah, the, the new outbreaks of polio are in vaccinated mm-hmm. populations. Not only that, they did an article that said more people now get polio from the oral vaccine than from the wild virus. Yeah, man, I read that too, and you know, it really just reiterates the fact that, like, a lot of us say it's like, well, it wasn't necessarily vaccines; it was lifestyle improvements mm-hmm. and sanitation and stuff. Yeah. And the the issue. So the issue why they're getting polio in the first place is kind of because of sanitation. They don't have good, you know, they don't have good separation between their drinking water and their poo water. So when you have an oral vaccine, that vaccine is ending up in the same, you know, their drinking water. So, you know, the overall problem is the sanitary issue and then they're adding this oral vaccine, which is exacerbating it. At least this is the gist that I got. Right, okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) And this is all fucking public records. You Mm -hmm. can just look it up. Because this is how little, this is how little research your average pro-vaccine person on the internet does. Oh, well, vaccines uh, eliminated polio. When was polio at its peak? 1950. When did the vaccine come out? 1956. The cases of polio had already gone down 82% by the time the vaccine even came out. So don't go and just Google it. I could be because I could be making it up. I could be pulling it out of my ass. Mm-hmm. Quote me, okay? If I'm wrong, then I'll have to issue a correction. Eighty-two percent reduction between 1950 and 1956, when the polio vaccine came out. So it wasn't the vaccine that eradicated polio. And the thing is, the more you look, the more of this shit you find. You can watch the clip on Fox News if they didn't take it down from YouTube which they might have 
where um, they sent an AIDS-infected vaccine to Africa, right? Uh, Bayer, Bayer did, because they, did, they didn't want to... Yeah, because they couldn't sell it here. Yeah, you yeah, know, I the scandals that left, right, and center. Another big one was um, when we were talking about the polio vaccine. Was the the measles vaccine is sort of the same sense when the people had the there was an outbreak in California years back and they were blaming it on unvaccinated. But I believe that most of the that yeah. most of the people who got it were actually vaccinated, 100%. but it wore it off right. because it only lasts to your forties. You know, so it's like you know that's a downside of getting the vaccine versus getting it naturally is that it doesn't last. Um, you know, in a lot of cases. So um, there's just always you know whatever they say. Oh, well, look at this fact or this statistic. You can usually point another statistic somewhere down the line and show that it's garbage, <laughs> right? Or at least they're looking at it the wrong way. So I guess this is just like a little bit of an opening of like, here are some things that you can, if you're interested in hearing more about why people might be skeptical about vaccines, um, these are some leads that you can pick up that one could like look up. Cause like I've been, I've done a lot of research on this stuff and I didn't feel caught. If I was going to say anything about it, I wanted to make sure I knew my shit. I don't like putting on wrong information. I always try and be precise. But here's the thing. So here's one of the things. It's like, you can't use the same guidelines for a substance if you take it orally or you sniff it up through your nose as if you'd, if you'd inject it directly into the bloodstream. Because the body is extremely particular about what it allows into your bloodstream because your bloodstream is basically your riv the river to your cells so the body will make a big effort not to put anything toxic in the blood and, and, unless it has to so when you take something orally you can puke or you get the shits if, you, if it goes up your nose you can you sneeze right your body has all sorts of ways to evacuate substances through the sweat as well uh, that it doesn't want and the blood can't puke you know everything needs to go through the livers and kidneys and then it can if it's a heavy metal it can accumulate in the organ and the organs that are meant to clean the body so to say well the EPA's got guidelines on how much fucking aluminum you should, you, is safe well you know that that amount might be safe to ingest orally but it's not necessarily safe to inject directly into the bloodstream and that, that for to me, that rationale makes an incredible amount of sense. Like, it's not hokey. It's not like if you swallow a cap of Drano, you'll probably just puke, right? But if you just inject a little Drano into your veins, God, you're dead. Really you're dead. You're finished. It's terrifying. So that's the thing with vaccinations. They're skipping yellow alert, orange alert, red alert, straight to red alert. They're, and that's why, again, I've got a friend, I can't name her because she's an MD, and she can't even be open with her patients about this stuff because she'll lose her fucking job. She's, she, first of all, she's allergic, she had a latex allergy, and they injected her with a vaccine that had latex in it. She almost died, it took her 10 years to reverse her condition. Um, by being extreme and, and what happened was then she was anaphylactic she wasn't previously anaphylactic her um, 
her latex allergy was mild, but after she got that injection, uh, vac uh, exposure to latex could kill her. And she says she was putting. She was given information that says this is why you've got the rise in all these allergies, peanut allergy, maybe gluten, maybe related, maybe, I don't know, but um, definitely the nut allergies, um, I don't know about dairy, but that seems to be more people are allergic to dairy than ever before, I don't know, maybe they were all was allergic, maybe the dairy's worse now than it used to be, uh, but whatever the case, definitely the peanut allergies and the nut allergies because she says they've got a legume oil in some of the in some of the vaccines so they use an, an ingredient and then your body goes what the fuck right when you get um, injected and then exposure to peanuts or other nuts reminds the body in the same way that they made her latex allergy more severe the vaccines are giving people these Allergies to no, I can't prove that. Uh, there are apparently studies. I I can't point people to it. But I'm just saying. These are things that you can investigate if you look at it. I should have mentioned this earlier. 1989 is a red light, red line. It, there's a red line that year. That's when we started getting the increased incidence of all these colitis chronic fatigue all of the leaky gut that's a colloquialism that's not a medical term all of the sort of gastrointestinal issues that seem to be very common for example and a bunch of other conditions they started happening in 89 what happened in 86 was that's when the Reagan administration decided you couldn't sue vaccine manufacturers if, they if, if you were injured by a vaccine. And over the next three years, that's when the vaccine companies went, well, let's get as many vaccines as we can on the schedule because we've got a, a business model here that works, right? The government's going to pay for it. The government's going to advert... We don't need to advertise it because the government's going to pay for it for everyone. And even if it hurts people, we can't get sued. So let's just get as many vaccines as we can onto the schedule because it's, you know, a billion dollars a year per vaccine. And that's when you start, and so I'm not saying the vaccines cause the chronic illnesses, I'm just saying it's worth looking into. Correlation doesn't prove causation, but if something causes something else, there's always a correlation. But that's why the CDC should do the goddamn study. That's why they should do the fucking study where they take 10, 50, 100,000 people who've not been vaccinated and just compare their health outcomes. They can't risk it, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so the independent people to do it, Then of don't yeah. call me anti-science <laughs> when you won't do the fucking study, right? Yep. All I'm saying, all I'm asking for is more science. That's all I'm fucking asking for. Questioning science has never been science, Anthony. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. That is science. My bad. <laughs> Completely backwards. Right. Anything else to add? Nah, man. Uh, you do it much more eloquently than I do. Good, good, uh, good show. So tell everyone else where they can find your content. All right. So I'm a dag or daggerist online. Uh, check me out. I co-host the Agoras Nexus podcast. I do a few other things over there. Uh, so check us out if you want to list the business. Um, or 
or get any cool Agoras content. Also, uh, if you're looking to buy some seeds for your garden, check out agorasacres.com. You can buy seeds. It's, you know, a company run by Liberty people, and you can pay with crypto if you like. Nice. Thank you very much. Before we go, just tell them a little bit about what you do and stuff like that. So... You mean like, like me in general? Yeah, because they like don't that. know anything about you unless they've already what? listened to your podcast. Well, I guess in meat space, I... Um, I've got a few hustles. Uh, we have a small farm. Uh, we do some organic stuff, and uh, you know, try to try to do some homesteading and back ourselves out of the system as much as we can, you know, um, comfortably. So, so that's us there. Uh, and then, you know, I, I do some work over to Gorus Nexus. We, uh, I write some articles. I help out with the podcast, and over at the Nexus, it's a we have a business directory. So, if you have any liberty-minded businesses that you want to get up there for a free listing. Feel free to uh, to do that. You can do it on the site, or you can contact me if you have any issues, and I'll walk you right through it. Uh, and likewise, if you're looking for any liberty-minded businesses as a place to spend your money, check yeah, us out over there a, too. There needs to be a lot more of that. I think. Yeah, like yeah, I agree. Get your stuff from liberty-minded people. Keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, I try my best. You know. So just remind people where they can find the the network of liberty-minded businesses. So at agorasnexus.com, I do believe the homepage uh, brings up the listings. Uh, on there, you can also find our articles and podcast episodes and all that good stuff as well. And then, of course, we list other liberty-minded podcasts on on the Nexus. Um, but yeah, if you have any business you want to put on there, or again, like Anthony was saying, keep it in the family. You know, <laughs> if, uh, if you want to spend some money, you know, definitely check out a, a Liberty Directory. There are a few of them around. I'm not going to name any competitors, but there's a few. <laughs> All right, okay. great guys. Thanks very much. Thank you.